it's okay to have an obsession. I dive into my craziest, imaginative and plain stupid obsessions. Mentally Obsessed is a podcast in which people can share and relate to obsessions anytime, anywhere. Obsessing over a game? I'll talk about it. Obsessed with World of Warcraft? Yeah, me too. Whenever the opportunity arises, I also interview celebrities or people of interest. So, what are you waiting for? Let your obsession reign free. And if you like what you hear, consider following and sharing with friends. Come nerd out with us too on Twitter at Mentally Obsess. Hello Maggie, thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. No problem. I'm fine. Thank you so much for asking. So how's everything with COVID and things like that? Oh, it's it's um actually starting to open up in LA now that people are mostly vaccinated, which is kind of weird and exciting, but also still very much feels weird and abnormal to see people and be out in public and all that jazz. So that's going to be the new adjustment that we have to make is going back to life as quote unquote normal. That'll be fun. How about you? Well, I haven't even got my vaccine yet. Like it's taking forever. Like I I want to just have my vaccine. So I know I'm safe, but I I went regardless. I never went out anyway because of my anxiety and stuff. So I've always stayed in. Yeah, no, for sure. And I was the exact same way before I got vaccinated. I really did not do anything, but that's what you got to do. So you're doing it right. You got to stay safe. I bet it was a joy to meet up with everyone the other day because I know Nicole did the stream, obviously, um, a cast reunion for Resident Evil Village. How, what was that like getting together with everyone finally? Oh gosh, it was so good. It was so good. And it's so funny because some of these people I really hadn't interacted with that much on set because we were in completely different sections of the game. So like Aaron LaPlante, I'd never (laughs) met him before. So it was so fun to get to know them now that I've seen their characters and seen their work. And I'm so excited about the performances that they've given in the game. And then to get to meet them and get to know them in person was just such a delight. And it's such, it really does feel like a big, happy family. There was no, like you step in you step into it, I think, which is kind of nice. There's an ease about it that if you're in, if you're in RE, then you're just part of the family. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So I love that. It's a good community, good place to be. So what was the story behind your audition for the role as Lady Dimitrescu? Oh, it's crazy. I, um, I had just moved to Los Angeles in 2019 after completing my master's program in classical acting at Lambda. And so I'm like fresh off the boat essentially and book this job, I think about six months after I moved to LA, which is unheard of to book something this big. Um, The audition, you know, I was a new actor to Los Angeles. I was unrepresented and I was just combing through these various different casting breakdown sites that actors can use to submit themselves to auditions. And I happened to see this breakdown that I fit the specs for and the character sounded interesting. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll submit myself to this. It was a voiceover 
submission and or um, it was a voiceover listed as a voiceover gig. And that was not something that I had previously had very much on my radar. It wasn't my intention to come to LA and get into voiceover. Um, so for me, deciding to submit myself to that audition feels like, I mean, it really does feel like luck that I saw it that day and that I just decided I felt good about it and decided to apply because I, you know, it feels so easily like this, this story could have tipped the other direction. Um, so I feel very lucky and grateful to have even seen this audition that day. Um, but yeah, so I, I submit myself, I find out that I get an audition, I go in and the audition itself feels very much like a theatrical audition and I have a background in theater. So that felt very familiar to me. So I was able to step into that room and feel like, oh, okay, I know this world. I know what I'm doing. And then I just was able to have fun with it, which is always what you want to have happen with an audition. So then I left that feeling like, wow, that was super fun. I feel good about that. And then I let it go. Cause you have to do that as an actor, you move on. You don't know, you don't, you never know how an audition is going to turn out and went about my life. And then a couple weeks or a month later, I find out that I get a callback and I go into the callback. And similarly, they had me do some, this time it was more improv based stuff. So playing with physicality, interacting with objects in the space, just trying to see how I physically embody this character more. And again, that stuff is fun. And that ties into my theatrical background as well. So I was able to just let go and play and really explore this character, which felt good. And then, you know, you leave the audition, you set it and forget it, you move on with your life. And then a couple of months after the callback, I finally get the call that I booked the job. But even then, I don't know what job it is that I have booked. So I'm just like happy to have booked something. And um, it really wasn't until I got to the table read that I started to figure out that perhaps what I booked was pretty big because um, you walk into the room and there is this excitement in the air. I mean, you could really feel it. There was something electric happening in the room. And I was hearing people whispering excitedly in corners about how this, being a part of this franchise is a dream come true for them. And I heard that and I was like, uh, hold up, what's happening here? I think this might be a big deal. And so then after the table read, I went home and furiously, researched and tried to figure out what game I was in based off of context clues that I could pull from the script or from my paperwork, things like that. Um, and then figured out that it was Resident Evil and was completely blown away. It was certainly one of those moments where you just have to sit back in your chair and let that hit you and process for a minute because it, it's a big deal. I'm not a gamer myself, but even I have heard of the franchise because that's how how huge it is. Did you ever play at any of the franchise before? No, I had never played a game. I didn't grow up with any game console, so I, I haven't really played a lot of the games. Um, but I have since watched Nicole Tompkins, who plays my daughter, Daniela, had me on her stream where she played through Resident Evil. And then I was able to kind of see and explore the castle and, and all that good stuff. And I love it. I think it's a good, it's a good game. I enjoyed every minute of it. Capcom has put so much beautiful attention to detail. Everything is so ornate and it's just mind-blowing. What they've accomplished is mind-blowing. It's really quite, it, I think it's a masterpiece. So I love it. 
Oh, I watched um, Nicole's stream um, when she was um, playing through Resident Evil 7 and through... Um, that's how I found out about Nicole, to be honest, because I've played, like, one Resident Evil game, and that was Resident Evil uh, 7. Um, and then uh, on my recommendations, I saw Nicole, and I was like, oh, Tompkins, use that. And then I, I was, uh, something was trending about Resident Evil Village. I was like, oh maybe i should get into that so then i saw obviously nicole and this and you um on stream i was like wow these two are really good like that the energy that they give off each other is like really is phenomenal <laughs> oh i love her so much she's become a very dear dear friend of mine and i am forever grateful to this game for putting us in the same room together so that we could just be goofballs and weirdos and yeah i love her she's good people and also like super freaking talented if you see her work in this game she also plays jill valentine in resident evil 3 um so she has such a wide range and versatility in her career would you ever consider twitch streaming i know i'm going completely off the questions that i'll put down but <laughs> oh no you're fine it's so funny people keep asking me that and Apparently what people want is now I'm being known, I'm becoming known for my doodling. I am not an artist, but I find doodles very relaxing and I tend to do them in my free time. And then of course, with all these signings that we're doing, people are asking for doodles, which I mean, twist my arm. You don't got to ask me twice. I think oftentimes they're getting more doodles than they bargain for. <laughs> so that's the, that's the caveat. If you ask for doodles, I'll give you doodles. Um, but yeah, so people are now asking me to start a Twitch stream for doodling, <laughs> which I think is pretty funny. That'd be really good. I think you should do that. I definitely think you should do that. Yeah. That's so are, are there any uh, behind the scenes secrets that you were allowed to share, obviously, that you could share with us? Secrets? Um, oh. Apologies if you can hear my squeaky chair. It's just decided to be very squeaky today. It's no, um, no worries. <laughs> I don't know if I have any juicy secrets. I guess I can tell more of like the anecdotes of what it is to do motion capture. And you put on this Velcro suit. I mean, it's skin tight. There's no secrets here when you're wearing that thing. And you're just, it feels like you're in a space suit. I very much felt like an astronaut when I was wearing the suit and you have this big heavy helmet on your head. I think what people don't realize often is that the, the head cam and the helmet that you're wearing is actually quite heavy and your neck isn't used to carrying that amount of weight on top of it. And especially for my character, what I had to do a lot of the times was to, because she's so tall, I had to adjust my eye line and look down at people. So one of the interesting things when we were doing scenes is that usually when you are acting in a scene with someone, you're able to look them straight in the eye and exchange dialogue back and forth. But because our characters often had such vast height differences, we, the actors, weren't actually able to look each other straight in the eye. We had to adjust our eye line. So I was looking at people's kind of waist height area and they were looking at a point above my head. And so we were doing the scenes together but not actually looking at each other and exchanging lines back and forth. So that was a bit strange and took an, a, a bit of an adjustment to get used to that. But um, the, the thing about the head cams is I'm, I'm looking down the whole time. 
And so at the end of that first day in the volume, my neck was so sore. It was so angry at me from like tilting my head down and just having this big weight on top of it all day long. I had to spend the entire rest of the weekend just relaxing and trying to um, let my neck recover. So those are things you don't necessarily think about when you are doing performance capture. <laughs> so in your own opinion, how does someone maintain their mental well-being in the voice acting business? Well, that's such a good question. To be honest, it's it's hard, man. It's super duper hard. You have to be very cognizant of setting your boundaries. I think the people who are most successful are the people who are able to define themselves and create value for themselves outside of this career so that your whole sense of self-worth isn't dependent on you booking this job or dependent on your career successes, because that is a recipe for disaster. That means you are always going to be dissatisfied with where you're at and what you have. So I think it's important to create, create a life for yourself that is outside of acting, to have things in your life that make you happy and fulfill you outside of this job because it is so up and down and you never know what's gonna come your way. You can't, you can't get your heart set on a particular job or role or whatever. Just like I was saying with these auditions, I had to really consciously set it and forget it. I couldn't linger on that audition because I didn't know how it was gonna turn out. And I couldn't wait around biting my nails to find out I had to go on and live my life. So I think you have to, I think you have to do just that. You have to, you have to find value for yourself outside of this job, outside of this career. And that can be really, really tough. And I think what's interesting about acting is that a lot of times for people, and especially for myself, this started off as a hobby for me. And then my hobby became my career. So then for a while, there weren't, there really were not a lot of things other that I did other than acting. So now I'm kind of trying to pull back and say, okay, well, what are the other things I like to do? What else can I add to my life that fills me up and gives me pleasure, makes me happy? So that's why I got back into doodling. I bought this book that's teaching me how to draw so I can practice things like that. So I'm just trying to find things outside of this job, outside of this career that, um, are worthwhile because it's yeah. not the only yeah. thing there is there's there's so much more to life than just a career and um yeah that's that's what i normally try to say in especially in like the media business acting everything that involves like big feature films and things like that and voice acting and even podcasting i never know if these guests are gonna say yes Mm -hmm. and, and, and like I don't sit there dwelling on it like I obviously don't like, uh, sometimes I think oh is it me because I see I'm doing other press junkets and things and I'm like oh have they googled me for some reason and then seen that they don't like me <laughs> like sometimes yeah. I think like that no I think you're so right it, it can feel incredibly personal all of these rejections because it's you on the front line it can feel like you are being rejected, but really that's not the case. And there are so many other arbitrary subjective things that go into 
I guess I can speak mostly from acting perspective that go into a casting process, you know, like I'm probably, you know, there are probably many roles that I didn't get because I was too tall or I was taller than the other actor they were trying to pair me off of, or, oh, they were looking for a brunette. So there are so many things that are outside of your control. And so the, as an actor, the only thing you can do, the only thing you have control over is your work. So in an audition, the only thing I go into it trying to do, I'm not going into an audition trying to book the role. I'm going into an audition creating the mindset that I am just there to do my best work as an actor because that is my job. So I need to create the most interesting and dynamic character I need to create. I need to flesh out this scene. I need to really make it pop. That Those are the only things that I can do and everything else I have to let it go because that's outside of my control. And what you're meant to have, I do believe this, and I think that this can be true for podcasting as well. The things that you're meant to have or the guests that you're meant to have on your show, they find they find their way to you. So I believe that the opportunities that are meant for you come back to you and you don't have to like try so hard and yearn for it so hard and waste so much energy, hoping, wishing, waiting for it to come. It will come if it's meant to be. And I'm like, I'm thankful for every guest who who's come on the show, especially you. At, at first, like, as because <laughs> it took so long for your um public 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 publicist to get in, um in touch, I was like, oh, oh no, it's gonna be no easy. <laughs> but oh, I'm so I'm so grateful that, um, and thanks to um your publicists for obviously sorting this out and everything. I'm very grateful. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, there was so much transitioning happening at the beginning of this process. So everything got a little slowed down <laughs> as I just tried to like adjust to this new um, life and exposure that I have. There was just a lot happening at once. It's crazy. Uh, how do you relate to the role? Ooh, you know... I might be biased, but I think there is a lot to love about Lady D and a lot to relate to about her. I mean, obviously we need to like strip away the violent murderer part, but outside of that, um, I think what's really admirable about Lady D is that she is incredibly loyal and fiercely protective of her family. I think she's one of those people that perhaps doesn't let a lot of people in to her inner circle, but once you're there, once she considers you family, you are her family and she will never turn her back on you and she will always fight for you to the best of her ability. And so I think that that's certainly something that I admire and relate to in my own life and my own relationships. I love the fact that she's a mom. I think she deeply, deeply cares for her daughters. I think uh, in terms of her relationship with mother Miranda and her, the rest of her family. I think Lady D does have a concern or um, preoccupation with presentation. She likes to be perceived a certain way. Um, I think she is an incredibly ambitious woman as well. And I, that's the same for me. You know, I am, I am incredibly ambitious. I have a lot of career goals and do care about how I come across and put myself out there in the world. And I think for Lady D, because she cares so much, she presents this kind of controlled exterior, but underneath of it, there is a deep care and a deep emotional root and emotional intelligence and in life going on there. And that's what gives her that kind of um, 
she has like that burning fire underneath her. You can feel things bubbling underneath this regal, composed, graceful exterior. And so moments with Mother Miranda where she chooses Heisenberg over Lady Dimitrescu really does affect her. That is hurtful because she cares about what Miranda thinks. Um, so yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> Did you ever know how much recognition you'd get or the game in general? Oh, no way. I had no clue. I mean, I knew that this was going to be a big deal, but it has surpassed any and all expectations that I could have possibly had. I think I mostly went into it knowing that Resident Evil, this game as a whole, was going to be a big deal, but I did not know or even deign to think that my character specifically would be the icon that she is today. I was just happy to be a part of the game and be a part of this project and to be working with Capcom or Rosanna Sun at the, at the workhouse, Steve Knebley, our director, these, these are titans of the industry. They are the best at what they do. And so to just even be in the same room as them, as them was such a privilege and such an honor. So most of the time when I was doing, when we were shooting and recording, I was just grateful to be there and I had no expectations on the outcome. I wasn't even really thinking about the outcome because I was so focused on just doing my best work in that moment. So it completely blew my mind in, I think, January 2021 when she Capcom was released a trailer and her face was in it and she blew up the internet and it's wild to me how much she has permeated pop culture. I think that's a unique thing as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, a friend of mine opening weekend texted me a picture of her weather app and the weather app said something like, uh, if being chased by a tall vampire lady is wrong, then I don't want to be right. Like that's insane. So it's just, it's just been so much more than anything I could have imagined. It's totally surreal. And I'm, it's, I just am <laughs> so grateful and overwhelmed in all the best ways. It's such an honor and a privilege to be a part of this game and to be um, receiving the amount of love and support that I am. It's truly, truly humbling. Have you like seen all the uh, TikToks and all these fan creations of Lady D? about the internet <laughs> um i've seen probably i've seen a couple of them there's probably way more than i can ever possibly see in my lifetime but yeah there's so much content out there and that's one of the things that blows me away is that people are so creative there's so much talent in this fan base the fan art the cosplays the videos the mods and stuff that i'm seeing the mods are hilarious um oh, they are. But all of that stuff, I'm just blown away. Like, you know, everyone's writing to me being like, oh my gosh, I love your work. And then I'm seeing the art that they create and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love your work. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's hilarious. Yeah, I bet you'd like Twitter mentions are like always full. <laughs> yes, when in doubt, there's many notifications. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll see me crop up most of the time. I'm like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you change with your performance even though you don't have to <laughs> Ooh. i don't know i don't know 
I don't think I would. I'm sure I haven't like, to be honest, I have not combed through and like sat down and really analyzed my performance. I think that goes back to mental health as an actor. I'm not, I'm really consciously trying to not over critique myself. I'm sure that there are flaws. I would find flaws. Don't get me wrong. I would find flaws and I would find needs room for improvement, but I'm trying to just enjoy it as a fan now, because in many ways it does feel separate from me. And this game is so huge. And the response to this character has been so massive that it does feel like she's taken on a life of her own. And so I think that's helpful for me as an actor that I'm able, that allows me to separate a little bit and just enjoy the ride and not overanalyze my performance itself and just enjoy that this character is larger than life in so many ways, LOL. Um, so no, I don't, I don't think there is, I haven't landed on anything that I, I would find yet. <laughs> um, what is your favorite Resident Evil game? I know you've touched on that. You've never played any of the Resident Evil games, but so your answer might be Resident Evil Village, but we don't know. Uh, my answer is certainly Resident Evil Village, the best game ever, but that's, <laughs> I am biased, but I do genuinely, like I, I look at that, especially the design work of the, uh, the scenes, the sets. It's so, it's so stunning. So I've been playing it myself. I literally got to, uh, in the castle bit, I'm literally just about to meet you <laughs> face to face. <laughs> What do you think of my daughters? Oh, they were so good. They're so good. Right. Pretty. So pretty. So, <laughs> I know. And they've done such a good job with the acting of it. I think Becca was, Becca Pruitt, who plays Bela, was talking about how they differentiated the three of them. And it's really cool to go back. And when I was doing the playthrough with Nicole, to go back and watch their scenes. And you're like, oh, yeah, no, that totally comes through. Um, so they did such a great job of creating these characters that are related, they're similar, but also are distinct and individuals and they have their own thing going on. And it's really, really cool. I'm, I'm in love and impressed with my fellow acting cast. I think they are so fabulous and spectacular. So I will yeah. sing their praises all day. You, that, you was talking about one of the actresses that had suddenly passed away. Um, on Nicole's uh, Twitch stream the other day, and we could not help but shed a tear because my my cousin recently went through um, cancer, and um, it was it uh, when she first, when my cousin told me I'm crying and everything. It's it's a very cancer's a dick. <laughs> so uh, how do you feel about the loss? Oh, it was devastating. I mean, I'm so sorry to hear about your cousin. Cancer is one of those things. I think that. I think everyone is touched by cancer in some way, shape or form. I've certainly lost people before. And to lose Jeanette, especially, you know, we were so close to release and it's such an exciting moment. And she was so excited about this. She was such a delight to have on set. And it's so heartbreaking to, to have this momentous opportunity and this momentous success due in no small part to her performance and to not be able to celebrate that with her is is devastating. I think we as a cast, we all deeply miss her and we're all totally shaken and derailed when we found out that she had passed away. It was, it was really heartbreaking. We were making calls and 
all that stuff. And she was just such a fabulous person. I think the way I didn't know her as well as Sarah Coates or Aaron LaPlante, who happened to go, they actually went to high school together, all three of them, which is pretty wonderful and spectacular. The fact that they went to high school and then were able to do this game together and perform in this game together, I think is really special. Um, so I didn't know her as well as, as them perhaps, but the way I describe Jeanette is she, she was one of those people who is so unabashedly herself that she instantly puts you at ease and makes you feel so comfortable being your full self too. There was no, there was no um, self-conscious self-consciousness or judgment about her at all. And also like, she's one of those crazy people. She never, she was dealing with some other health issues at the time as well, even before she was diagnosed with cancer. And she never said a negative thing about it. She just took it all like a champ. So she was really just such an inspiration from day one. And yeah, we miss her a lot. Um, so what is your all-time favorite role? All-time favorite role. Oh man, I got I, you know, I gotta say Lady D, I think the performance of her was fun. But again, I think the most fun part about Lady D is how she has evolved and taken on a life of her own post-release and seeing the different ways that people are adding to her character and developing these different sides of her with fan art, with mods, with um, cosplays were just, I feel like I'm getting to see more and more sides of her, which is really cool and interesting. I love that. So um, what would Lady D's favorite pizza topping be? <laughs> Blood. <laughs> You could have that flesh. <laughs> See, you could have that as a base, though, because you know you have tomato sauce as the base. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Blood, right. blood base. Um, yeah, I think she's probably incredibly bougie. So maybe she would have like a truffle pizza, or um, what are other fancy toppings? Sun-dried tomatoes. Do people put caviar on pizza? Well, maybe she'd eat <laughs> caviar on her pizza. Truffle, caviar, um, fancy, she'd drink it with champagne, or no, no, she would have her sanguis virginis, um, her virgin blood, to go with her bloody pizza. Is, is there any question that you want to be asked that no one has asked yet? <laughs> um, ba -do -ba -do -ba -do -ba -do. Well, I don't know. I'm a nerd. So maybe, you know, what's your favorite? What is my favorite um, role that I would, that I wish I could play or had played? Maybe that's the question. And then my answer would be Galadriel from Lord of the Rings. I am obsessed with Lord of the Rings and it's pretty much the greatest tragedy of my career that I am not Kate Blanchett. Um, <laughs> So I just try to be her in any and all ways, shapes, and forms. I actually just recently, for fun, again, you have to find things in your career and in your life that you do for fun. So I recently did a voice match of her opening monologue in Lord of the Rings that I just put together for me, myself, and I. And then I went into the woods and like recorded footage of me frolicking around as an elf. And... <laughs> 
which was a dream come true for me, but definitely got a number of strange looks from passersby. But anyway, so eventually I'll be putting those two things together and um, hopefully putting them out into the social needs at some point for people to see. <laughs> ah, so how can people watch Will It Be on Twitter, YouTube? Because I'll be watching. So I love Lord of the Rings too. Oh, good. Who's your favorite character? Um, Legless, obviously. I, I love Legless. Okay, we're both elves. Yes. So, Do you want to be an elf? Have you have you heard of World of Warcraft before? That's yeah. like I'm always playing an elf on World of Warcraft as well because elves, elf, elves. <laughs> it's a hard word. <laughs> so yeah, so how so if you was to release that video, like where would it be? Uh, just in case someone was interested to find that video. Um, I think probably on Instagram or Twitter at Maggie the Bard. That's my username on both of those platforms. So that's where you can find content that I put out. So Nikki mentioned on her stream the other day that you did like a photo shoot. When are you going to post those? Oh, God. <laughs> You're going to get on my case about this as well. I know. I'm horrible. This is the thing. Here we go. Maggie is secretly an old grandma and her relationship with technology and social media is not the best so there's a there's a high degree of a learning curve happening here with all of these platforms mm -hmm. and <laughs> <laughs> i will do it i will do it i promise there's so many oh my gosh also like nicole is just a fabulous photographer and the shots are stunning on the day we just kept geeking out and like drooling over the shots that she was able to create. Um, there's one of them, one of my cosplay shots is actually in my streamily shop that people can buy, I guess. And um, yeah, but I will definitely be releasing more. What I will say is it's more of a nod. It's not really an exact replica cosplay, but it's more just me. It's more of a blend between I'd say my personality and Lady D. Um, which was fun for me. I think it felt right for me. I'm excited to share. And those will definitely be on Instagram or Twitter as well. Lovely. So I'm all out of questions. Oh, bef before um, before I start wrapping things up, do you want to advertise you streamingly as well? Um, people can get sign prints from you. Yeah, definitely. Um, we got a lot of exciting stuff coming up. Uh, we're still doing, we are doing trio signings for House Demi Trask with me, Nicole Tompkins, and Becca Pruitt, who play my daughters. And then we are also doodling something special for Jeanette on those prints as well. And um, so those we are doing, oh gosh, when is our next date? Let's see. I believe the next time we are doing live signings is... <laughs> Hello. Well, uh, June... 16th Sunday and then the 14th on Monday and I believe those are starting at 1 p.m. and you can find those prints on our Streamly shops you can go to streamly.com slash resident evil or streamly.com slash Maggie Robertson or any of our individual names will get you there and yeah that's all coming up I also have solo prints that I'll be doing live signings for that I will hopefully announce more dates for lives soon as well and yeah a lot of exciting stuff on the horizon so yeah, definitely check it out. You can catch uh, Maggie Robertson as Lady Elsina Dimitrescu in Resident Evil Village, now available to be played on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and Series S, Google Stadium, Microsoft Windows. That was a lot bunch to say. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maggie, thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> it's been a pleasure thank to have you. Thank you so much for having me. This is a fun chat and um, yeah, happy to have met you. Hello, I'm Danielle McCray. I'm Taylor Gray. I'm Laura Post. Jelly Soar. I'm Patty Madsen. What's it like to voice Ajara? Do you have a connection to the character? Yes. Ajara is... Ajara was actually one of the very first, like, super big, important roles I booked. What inspired you to become a voice actress? Uh, so what's inspired me were... There were two different things. So one, it was cartoons inspired me to want to get into voice acting. What inspired you to start a tarot collection? Well, I started studying tarot about 20 years ago and I started playing WoW a little over 11 years ago. And, you know, the whole 20 years that I've been looking at tarot, I've always thought to myself that I would just really love to make a deck. What's it like to be a part of the Star Wars community? I mean, I don't know if there's any better community to be involved with. I know everyone who was a part of the show and worked on the show um, was so fortunate and grateful to be a part of it um, because it's an amazing family that you get brought into and you, you realize that as you go to things like Celebration was only a few weeks ago. How do you feel about Sylvanas' progression in the next expansion? Well, you know, um, I always try to uh, not be connected to judging her regardless because our our job is to deliver a performance for the character that uh, is not in judgment of, of what she's doing or what they're writing because it's to stay true to delivering 